0: We live inside a dream. day on our show a slave leads a violent revolt against the descendant roman republic and then we catch up with a monkey who can chew bubble gum with his ass from (laughs) wbez chicago it's this american life i'm ira glass stay with us
1: (laughs) oh that was great i like that one take one take you got it all out of your mouth which is
0: hard you know hard to do Um, but this is Stan and Dave need wedding dates. Mm -hmm. We need no introduction, uh, unless you're new to this podcast, then I guess, you know, there might be some people just tuning in for, for Spartacus.
1: I think so. Yeah. Definitely some boomers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is a, yeah, this is a boomer. This is a boomer
1: ass movie and we've done movies older than it that weren't as boomer as this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) I kept saying like every couple minutes during the movie, I'd be like. Okay, Douglas.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to introduce ourselves?
0: My name is Eric Keppel, and uh, my co-host over here is... Uh, well, I'll let, you, I'll let you say your own name.
1: My name is Farticus.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. You know, I started this movie... Uh, I started watching this movie a couple days ago, and I think it still might be playing. I think it hasn't ended yet. <laughs>
1: Um, it's I will still say going on, I will say this movie is, it is, it is what you think it's going to be negatively and it's also better than you think it's going to be somehow It's somehow both It's somehow like as bad as I imagined and actually way better than I thought.
0: Yeah. I'll say straight up that I like everything about this movie, uh, is like, like red flags for me over three hours yeah Kubrick disavowed it yeah <laughs> uh don't care about like this time period or sure. um like battle and war stuff yeah uh, uh I really Kirk, enjoyed Kirk, this movie
1: Kirk Douglas has no nipples huge red flag yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um
0: I'm a fan though i oh, that's I, good. I liked this movie a lot more than I thought I would uh I also it, did it, it was like it's like a good I'm not gonna lie to you. I watched this movie in two chunks. Sure. I watched, I, I I I stopped after like an hour and a half, and I was like, hey, "This is that that is like one like major criticism I have of this movie is like there are very few movies like Magnolia I think warrants being like around three hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this movie should be three hours and seventeen minutes.
1: No, there's so yeah. there's so much. Um, fat and i'm not and i'm not talking about on kirk douglas's uh fucking hips my man yeah. i'm talking uh they could have tri- trimmed a lot of uh a lot of this movie out and it would still be the same movie with all the same moments there is an overture that is Terrible music playing over a black screen for three and a half minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure how long that was going to go on. Like, I skipped ahead at Me first, too. like, 15 minutes, and then I was like, oh, fuck, we're, like, into the plot pretty far here. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. There is an intermission, which is apropos of a lot of old-timey movies, like Gone with the Wind. But this isn't the yep. most old timeiest of the m- movies. I mean, like, this is 1960. So... It's we're getting into an era in which this is the Mad Men era. This is the hippies. This is the, the dawn of, you know, really cool avant-garde new wave cinema. So I think that, I, I don't know. I, I do. I will say though, for all the negatives that you could say, of which there are many, this film does have a lot of heart, a lot of character, a lot of great, more quiet moments, which you wouldn't, typically associate with Spartacus Uh, I you know what it kind of for me is like gladiator in that way where I'm like I don't love gladiator but it is a better movie than you expect it to be kind of
0: yeah yeah for sure it's uh, it's a pretty solid pretty solid flick Uh, I was trying to remember like I feel like I might have seen this like in a class in like grade school
1: oh right yeah
0: or, like, parts of it. Because there were parts of it where I was like, fuck, I, like, remember this from something. Yeah. But, uh... Well, anyway, ha- this is uh Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, were you going to introduce, like, other stuff?
0: Yeah, I always just realize, like, we get into the conversation, I forget that uh, there might be new people listening. Uh, this is a podcast about uh, Stanley Kubrick, David Lynch. We go back and forth week to week covering each of their stuff, uh... Next week, we will be uh, diving into Twin Peaks, um, and today we are, of course, talking Spartacus. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, uh, where we just did Frankenhooker, which is uh, <laughs> insane and yeah. very fun. Yes. Uh, we, we did a bunch of Christmas movies, which, right. uh, you know, you can watch a Christmas movie anytime you want. Don't let anyone tell you you can't.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be covering The Baby very shortly, so... Dad wears glasses and Brian Horton. You can relax. It is coming. I, we have to cover the we baby. We have to cover I mean, the we baby. We got to give
0: it to him because the people want us to cover the baby. I know nothing about the film but, but the cover, the artwork, <laughs> and uh, the name, the baby, and the fact yes. that it's a horror movie already right. love it. I'm, I'm excited. I
1: mean. Yes. Uh, go to our Patreon and subscribe. If you want to hear like just bonus content, we talked we talk a lot about the tales from the crypt series right now. We're, we're covering the entire television show and taking brief breaks every now and then to cover a, a, another film. You can also go there to hear us talk about like, like a little spoiler alert for this week. I talk a little bit about the film Uncut Gems, which I just saw in theaters and I'm very excited to talk about. Oh, great. About. So, uh, yeah, I go there excited for all that hear your thoughts. Yeah, go there for all those like superfluous sort of film and television related chat for me and Eric if you don't if you're not just satisfied with the meat and potatoes of David Lynch and Stanley Kubrick.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like 6 months worth of back catalog you get too. It's it's 5 bucks a month. There's other tiers where you can uh Force us to do an episode on anything, uh, truly anything you want. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a tier where you can like come on the show and be a producer and right. uh, all sorts. There, there's one do- you can chip in one dollar just to mm. get a shout out on the show. Help us out. I love so, that you uh, use the
1: I love that you use the word force because that is what it is. We don't want to do it, and you're making yeah. us
0: <laughs> right. As soon as someone we had we each have a contraption in our own separate apartments. Where as soon as someone clicks on that tear, mm-hmm. uh, a gun points at us, <laughs> each of us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it shoots out a little flag like in the cartoons and says the name of the movie that you want us t- to watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Spartacus. We are, um, we are talking Spartacus. Let me check my notes. So 1960, uh, I don't want to go over this for too long because this is a very we got a lot to talk about but psycho peeping tom the apartment oh all these are great apartment yeah uh exodus uh swiss family robinson just bought the swiss family robinson novel by the way which i'm excited oh cool
1: i i actually i read read that in school
0: so tell me how it is
1: yeah like grade school yeah
0: okay yeah yeah i figured it's like a i don't know I mean, I, I love that story, though. Uh, and then uh, the original Ocean's Eleven uh, came out oh, in 1960. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Spartacus, uh is a 1960 uh, epic historical drama directed by Stanley Kubrick, uh, written by Dalton Trumbo, based in the uh, 1951 novel of the same name by Howard Fast, uh, inspired by the life of Spartacus, the leader of a slave revolt uh, in antiquity and the events of the Third uh, Servile War. Uh, so a little back story. This was going on during the Hollywood blacklist. There was like the, right. the Red Scare, and everyone was afraid of uh, communists and socialism and stuff. And, McCarthyism, uh, and tri- right?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, That is where Uh, 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 author Cormac McCarthy was chasing down uh, (laughs) communists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, uh,
0: Dalton Trumbo, who had been blacklisted as one of the Hollywood Ten uh, and intended to use the pseudonym Sam Jackson. uh, The Hollywood blacklist just... A brief because uh, I thought this was interesting was the uh, the colloquial term for what was uh, actually a broader entertainment industry blacklist put in the effect of mid 20th century in the u.s during the early stages of the Cold War uh, the blacklist involved the practice of denying employment to entertainment industry professionals believed to be or have been communists or sympathizers yeah that's so crazy that that happened
1: yeah uh, I'm so a little bit about me i'm a huge dalton trumbo fan and i'm a huge like one of my favorite things to talk about and subjects to you know kind of research and discuss is the hollywood blacklist I, it was something I'm, I'm very intrigued by very fascinated by um i would definitely recommend watching the documentary on trumbo uh the movie is fine too with brian cranston that's a that's that movie is fine but the documentary is absolutely spectacular you get a lot of behind the scenes about Dalton Trumbo. You get a lot of like historical context and like day by day, kind of what it was like to be in the Hollywood blacklist, but also it features like these weird black box performances by actors who are just reading out Dalton Trumbo's letters. Like they're performing them because he was a very theatrical person (laughs) like, and he wrote very theatrically. So like, for example, Paul Giamatti just reads a letter that he writes to general electric about his air conditioning (laughs) And it's like one of the coolest monologues ever in anything. Um, but also Michael Douglas reads a fair amount of Dalton Trimbo, mon- like letters and stuff, which is apropos because his dad and Dalton Trumbo were like, I don't know if they were tight, but I know that Kirk Douglas was like the first guy who was like, fuck this. We're putting Dalton Trimbo's name back on this film. And that's what started to, to kind of tear down the walls of the Hollywood blacklist which was fascinating to research about in this movie, that this was sort of the movie that started the like revolution of like, Hey, like if we put these blacklisted writers names back on these films, the earth isn't going to fall apart. Like, yeah, yeah. this
0: like started sort of the end of that, right? The end of the the Hollywood blacklist. And
1: I hate to report back that Stanley Kubrick was not helpful at all (laughs) in uh, (laughs) this process. in fact, As a solution, he offered to put his own name as the writer of the film as a way because they were trying to figure out like, well, how do we do this? We put Dalton Trumbo's fake name. We put his real name. And Stanley Cooper was like, you just put my name. And they were like, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He was weird about like labor stuff because there was a, I forget what movie, I think it was The Killing when he wanted to do like, he got in like a big fight about the cinematography guild, like made him have a DP basically for the killing. I yeah. think it was the killing. Uh and Trumbo, uh it's incredible that he was able to do all that stuff being uh an elephant, a cartoon elephant. Yes. Uh huh. Was- <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. With his ears that could barely fit through the door. I don't know how he had meetings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh so Spartacus stars uh, Kirk Douglas, uh Lawrence Olivier, Peter Ustinov, uh, John Graven, Gene Simmons. Uh we're not talking we're not talking <laughs> Beth. Oh. Uh yeah. Rock and roll uh, all night, Gene Simmons. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking a, a a very pretty lady. I like Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We're not talking the bass player of Kiss. We're talking, uh, you know, the guy who's married to Shannon Tweed and uh, is very old <laughs> at this point. No, uh, yeah. she is a very pretty lady. I do think it's funny that her name is Gene Simmons. Very funny. Um, yeah. It, this film also has Tony Curtis. Uh-huh. uh, and did, yeah, you said Lawrence Olivier already, right? Charles yeah. Laden, yeah, it's like uh it's a healthy mix of like weird rat pack style actors yeah. with like famous British play actors,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like apparently like it's like a star started cast, yes. Uh, but uh, i I can't remember if this is coming up in my notes, but I think I read that like a lot of these bigger names were presented with like, different scripts that made it seem like their roles were like more, uh, prominent or whatever to, to to, like convince them to, to do the film. That's funny. Um,
1: That might've been easy to do too, with a script that I imagine is 480 pages long.
0: Oh yeah. I'm picturing like an actual scroll too. Yes. uh, It takes, it requires like two people, one person on each end. Yeah. It was written in
1: papyrus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) long, long hand with a pen or like a feather pen, a quill pen.
0: Yeah, Uh, so Douglas, uh, whose company Brina Productions was producing the film, removed original director uh, Anthony Mann after his first week of shooting. Uh, Kubrick had worked with Douglas, and Douglas asked him to uh, to direct, and uh, this was around the time that Kubrick, um, he had been working with Marlon Brando on One-Eyed Jack, Mm. uh, which I think we should watch for the show at some point. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I know that it's bad uh but i'm i'm very very curious about it but uh kubrick kubrick uh had not made any money on his previous two films and this one eye jack project he's like realized brando wanted to direct it and i think he it seems like he was just ready to like make a bunch of hollywood money and he he i think he genuinely thought that he he could uh he could kind of save this this film mm-hmm. um so the original score, uh, composed and conducted by a uh, six-time Academy Award nominee, Alex North. Uh, it was the only film directed by Kubrick where he did not have complete artistic control.
1: Yeah, this is very important to the story of Kubrick as we kind of go through his filmography. Yes. We're covering it, but it is, like, like you said at the beginning, he wanted to disown the film. Um, yeah, he was uh, also not given any control over the script, which is very important. Mm-hmm. He felt that it was full of quote stupid moralizing which it yeah. is and isn't i believe that's both correct and incorrect because the film does in some ways address the failings of the u.s government at the time about the red scare right it, it like a lot of the film is talking about uh, mccarthyism and like you might even say the hunting of slaves The hunting of these like outliers, these, you know, like these rebels is sort of a parallel of people being hunted in Hollywood and probably how he was feeling. But it is also if you just look at it from, you know, outside of historical context, it is just moral posturing like the whole (laughs) the whole time, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this is uh, this. I think we mentioned this on one of the Lynch episodes, but this is kind of Kubrick's Dune I guess sure to, to compare, yeah, um, yeah, because neither neither director had full artistic control, and they were kind of not super satisfied with the final result. Uh, and they're both like huge budget, uh, like epic films. Uh, the film won four Academy Awards and has become the biggest money maker in Universal Studios history uh, until it was surpassed by Airport in 1970. Uh, in 2017, it was selected uh, for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry uh, by the Library of Con- Congress. Uh, Douglas uh, purchased an option of the book from Fast from his own financing. Uh, let's see here. You know, yeah, so this was a lot of this was like Kirk Douglas. He was uh, I forget what, but he was like. Um, he, lo- he He didn't get a role that he really wanted that was like sort of like a similar thing I wish I remembered what it was but he uh he really wanted to play like a uh, Spartacus kind of character yeah um, and this was all kind of like his project that he that he really wanted to get going and I gotta say I feel this way about like some like actor filmmaker like actor like people who like produce their own thing that they're acting in and they kind of like I think Kirk Douglas is very good in this, um, and he's Mm. fun to watch. I got to say, there's a lot of, like, his character is, like, flawless. Yes. (laughs) He's shirtless a lot. He literally has no flaws. Like, his character has no flaws. It's like He's just, like, the embodiment of, like, everything good. Yeah, that was a uh, big complaint
1: Kubrick had about the script, was that he thought that... I mean, I'm literally looking at that in the IMDb notes as, like... He hated that Douglas, his character, was flawed. That was the biggest problem he had with (laughs) Trumbo's script. Also, I'm also reading this line here that says, when Kirk Douglas asked Stanley Kubrick his opinion of the I Am Spartacus scene, which (laughs) is the most famous scene in the whole movie, Kubrick, in front of the cast and crew, called it a stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) And Douglas promptly chewed Kubrick out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Eric. Go on with what you were saying about Kirk Douglas.
0: Oh, no. I just think it's like uh i don't know i always just think that think it's like kind of silly like I, this guy just really wanted to be like this fucking like i don't know actor like there, i get there's like a certain line where it's like an actor wanting to play a role but then it's also like an actor like wanting to like i don't know just glorify themselves and yeah be like a little up their own ass i feel that way with like ben affleck a little bit um yeah I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I just think it's worth mentioning that it's kind of weird and funny.
1: I also agree I agree with you. It it, it now we're a little bit more keen to it where if it happens in a film, we're like it's a like glaringly obvious. Like I know yeah. I'll never forget watching the film 12 Years a Slave where you have this movie that's about all these like a star-studded cast of white people being really mean to the African-American lead in the film and then out of nowhere Brad Pitt comes in who's producing the movie? FYI, comes in yeah. as, like, this savior, this, like, white savior in the film. Yeah. And that always just rubs rubbed me the wrong way. And I think that it's because, like, we can see through the artifice of it, right? Like, we can see right. Kirk Douglas actively not wanting to have any flaws, actively not wanting to, you know, make any co- sort of, like, wrong choice or controversial choice. And f- because of that, I think we can we can pretty safely say that, like, the only choices Kubrick was given in the film were a visual. So like, it's like, it's like so weird watching this movie because it looks like a Stanley Kubrick movie,
0: dude. It looks so fucking good. It
1: does, but there's nothing of Stanley Kubrick, like in the actual present, like story or performances. Like it's like an old movie trapped inside Stanley Kubrick's body or something. It's super, it's a super strange film but it you're right it looks absolutely stunning
0: yeah um yeah so kubrick uh he found working outdoors uh to be distracting uh he believed the actors would benefit from being on a stage, so uh they filmed a lot of a lot of stuff on uh soundstage i guess uh kubrick uh also recorded uh at a Michigan State uh, f- football game, uh, the the audio of uh, everyone shouting "Hail uh, Crassus" mm-hmm. uh, and "I'm Spartacus." Uh, the battle scenes were filmed on the vast plain uh, outside Madrid. Uh, Eight thousand trained soldiers from the Spanish infantry were used as double uh, to double as the Roman army. Uh, I read somewhere that I think in that interview book that uh, Kubrick. When he was directing all these extras, he gave them all numbers so that he could like call out through his megaphone to like specific uh extras. Yeah. In these like huge battle scenes and like tell them to do specific things, which is very uh I don't know, uh micromanagey, <laughs> Kubricky kind of a thing to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, cinematographer Russell Metty, uh, a veteran uh, with lots of experience, uh, complained about Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, uh, I know Lawrence Olivier was kind of like this, and some of the older like actors, kind of like didn't weren't super into Kubrick being there. He was only thirty years old, and uh, they were kind of like, who Who is this guy? That's mm-hmm. just like showing up to direct this like huge movie and like tell us what to do. Uh, yeah. which I think is kind of lame, to be honest with you. I think it's like if someone's direct if someone's directing the film, they're the fucking director and like right. I don't know.
1: I, but you know what though uh, like to be to show the other side of it as much as I, I, I do completely agree with you, but it's also like a lot of this a lot of this is like learned behavior from actors who are like they just like imagine you're an actor and you have absolutely no control right? Other than like of your own performance and some shithead hotshot director comes in and they're, and they are inexperienced and you know that you're making a turd the whole time, right? Like I could see the other side of it too, where you're just like, fuck this guy. Like this guy is such a egghead. He's such a piece of shit. Like I could, I could, you know, in this case, it's Stanley Kubrick. So it's like insane to think of like yeah. people thinking he's like cr- crappy, but imagine, you know, like at one point, Brett Ratner <laughs> had to make yeah. his first movie and people were probably like, Oh man, this is, <laughs> this is lame. But yeah. I, it is, it, it, it's tough all around. Um, Famously, there's like that Wes Anderson, Gene Hackman f- feud that they had on Royal tenant bombs, which Gene Hackman ended up being wrong about obviously, But, but yeah, like I imagine just like being on the set of that and not knowing what's going on just being like, who is this fucking kid? What the hell is this movie? (laughs) Everyone sounds so stupid. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a a bunch of trivia about the film. What do you say we dive into the, uh, very brief and not long at all plot of this? Yes. Cut
1: to, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning when we finally finish (laughs) talking about it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, first century BC, the Roman Republic has slid into corruption. Uh, It's menial work done by armies of slaves. One of these uh, proud and gifted uh, Thracian uh, named Spartacus uh, is so uncooperative in his position in a mining pit that he is sentenced to death by starvation. Uh, How do you feel just like about Douglas, like right off the bat? like uh, cool where yeah, we start. yeah.
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean like the, uh i think he's he's got a weird body he's 42 years old in this uh, so keep that in mind like he has a 42 year old man's body which not yeah. to say isn't good but they didn't have the type of training i feel like that we have today so like in marvel movies when you know robert Denning jr takes off his shirt as a 50 year old man he looks like a very well cut like a very cut 15 50 year old guy because we have expensive hollywood diets and training people to train them but back then like he just has like my dad's body kind (laughs) of like it's just yeah and uh and yeah so i'm I'm, when i first see i did like the choice though that he doesn't really talk till like 20 30 minutes into the film which is pretty i like that
0: yeah yeah um so by chance, he is uh, displayed to uh, un- unchus uh, un- Roman yeah. business <laughs> businessman uh, Lentulus uh, Batius uh, Peter Ustinov, who uh, impressed by his ferocity, purchases Spartacus for his gladiatorial school, uh, where he instructs trainer Marcellus uh, to not overdo his uh, indoctrination because he thinks he is has quality.
1: I I think uh, that um Peter Ustinov is the best part of the movie actually. I think his character is really strong. Like that like kind of like wicked purchasing like a uh, like money money lending guy like he's He's kind of overweight and just sort of a shit bag, but I think, I, I don't know, his character, is per- his performance of this guy is really good, I
0: think. He is really good, and he does also look like he belongs in this time period. Yes,
1: I agree. Whereas Kirk Douglas does not. This guy definitely <laughs> no. does.
0: Yeah. Neither does Lawrence Olivier. No. <laughs> uh, so amid the abuse, Spartacus forms a quiet relationship with a serving woman named uh, Verinia, Vir- uh, Gene Simmons, uh, rock and roll all night, party every day. Whom exactly. he refuses to, uh, rape when she is sent to, I forgot about this, when mm-hmm. she is sent to the entertain him in his cell. He does like sort of start to like come on to her, uh, <laughs> at first.
1: Yeah. This it's is a really dark s- start to the film. I thought where I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect it to go places like this, but yeah, this is a really dark scene where, yeah, he's also shouting the famous uh, phrase, "I am not an animal," just like uh, yeah. our boy Lynch would later reuse yep. for his his uh, Elephant Man. But then, yeah, like after he doesn't rape her, they just take her and put her in another cell with another yeah. person who will. It's like so
0: dark. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. So, uh, which, by the way, I I actually like. I liked this like lo- like side like love story kind of thing. Yeah, I thought it. it was pretty charming. I, yeah. I dug it. Uh, Spartacus and Varinia are uh, subsequently forced to endure numerous humiliations for defying uh, the condition of servitude. Uh, Battius, Batti, uh, Battius, Battiatus, uh receives a visit from uh, the immensely wealthy Roman senator uh, Marcus. Uh, Crassus, Lawrence Olivier, uh, who aims to become dictator of the uh, stagnant republic. Uh, Crassus buys uh, Varinia on a. You know, this is like almost as tough as, for me as reading the plot of Dune. <laughs>
1: <with> <laughs> I all know. these names. Yeah. Uh,
0: he buys Varinia on a whim and for the amusement of his uh, companions arranges Spartacus and three others to fight in pairs. Yeah. Uh, Spartacus is disarmed. His opponent, uh, an African uh, named uh, Draba, uh, spares his life in a burst of defiance and attacks the Roman audience, but is killed by an arena guard and Crassus. I fucking loved this scene. This yeah. was—I was like, hell yeah! Dude. Yeah,
1: this is like the real hero of the film.
0: Is for real this yeah.
1: African uh, knight Draba? Yeah.
0: I do love like this kind of fighting too like <laughs> in movies. Uh shitty? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well shit, but like they all uh what is it's like Spartacus has like a sword and a shield, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. the, the, Tiny this is when that that guy has a pitchfork.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's like yeah. it, it it is sort of like video gaming in a way where it's like yeah. Oh, this guy this is his hometown weapon is this giant trident and my hometown weapon is this sword and shield. You know, it's like you know i don't know it's, it's very it's 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 cool it's a cool fight too because also draba is towers over kirk douglas so it's got a a you know enter the dragon vibe where he fights uh fucking the big blind guy what's his name the basketball player um oh i don't know yeah anyway so it's uh yeah it's 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 good and i like that he wins like i, I like that kirk douglas as vain as he is this entire f- filming process like lets the black guy win <laughs> yeah, like, yeah which yeah. i could have easily seen him being like let's change it to i actually win and spare his life
0: mm-hmm. yeah um the next day uh with the ludus atmosphere still tense over this episode uh bet ba- uh takes <laughs> verena away to crassus's house in rome uh, spartacus kills marcellus Uh, who was taunting him over his affections and their fight escalates into a riot. The gladiators overwhelm their guards and escape into the Italian countryside. I liked, I was like, so I was into this like uh, all the way past this point still. But like, I I definitely dug like this entire movie so far up to this point. I was Uh, pretty into it. Um, I also liked, I also
1: liked the character of Crassus when we are introduced to him. Like, you can definitely see again to bring up Gladiator like a lot of the Joaquin Phoenix vibes is embedded in Crassus. Like sort of being I mean this is going to sound terrible but like a little androgynous, right? Like a little bit like he's he go he swings both ways, right? He's like mm-hmm. he's kind of like scar, predatory. And yeah. uh, also very smooth Talking and very and you can tell ha- But you can tell has like severe deranged Mental problems like for example When Draba the African Knight like jumps tries to kill them It's like no nothing at all for Crassus just like pull out a knife and stab him right In the back
0: yeah Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spartacus is elected chief of the Fugitives uh, and decides To lead them out of Italy And back to their uh, their homes uh, they plunder the Roman country estates as they go, uh, collecting enough money to buy sea transport from Rome's foes, the Pirates of Sicilia, or Silica. Cili- Cili- <laughs> uh, starts with a C. Uh, yeah. Countless other slaves join the group, making it as large as an army. Uh, over the new arrivals in Varania, who escaped while being delivered to Crassus, Uh it would be wild to direct this many people.
1: I know. I thought about that, especially during some of the battle scenes where, it, like, you could tell it's real people. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. No, thank you. No, thank you, like, 1,200 people on set. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: another is a slave entertainer named uh, Anton Antonin. An- All of these fucking names yeah. have, like, too many consonants.
1: and Antonin. An- an- Antoninus. 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 Tony Curtis.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. would be yeah. easier to just, yeah. Yes. Uh, I love who,
1: when they first meet him, they just completely fucking roast the shit out of this guy. They're like, what can you do? He's like, sing. And they're like, anything else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's yeah, like, yeah, juggle. Yeah. They're like, anything else? It's like yeah, magic. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I can make, like, maybe they can make the Romans disappear. They're like, just fucking roast the shit out of this guy who,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he fled uh, Crassus's service. Uh, Privately, Spartacus uh, feels mentally inadequate because of his lack of education uh, during years of servitude. However, he uh, proves an excellent leader and organizes his diverse followers into a tough and uh, self-sufficient community. Uh, Varinia now has, uh, now his informal wife becomes pregnant by him, and he also... Uh, comes to regard uh, the spirited Anto- Antoninus uh, mm-hmm. as a sort of son.
1: Yay, Eric! I am going to uh, take over for you. I think. Okay. This is a this is a long take enough uh, yeah, this a long it, enough yeah. episode. I feel like we could share the the excruciating, painful duty of having to read <laughs> yeah. this out loud. Much <laughs> uh, appreciated. Okay, so the Roman Senate becomes increasingly alarmed at Spartacus. As Spartacus defeats the multiple armies it sends against him, uh, uh, Crassus' populist opponent, Gracchus, Charles Lawton, mm-hmm. knows that his rival will try to use the crisis as a justification for seizing control of the
0: Roman army. And this is when they're like hanging out in that like steamy Roman spa, right? Oh,
1: yeah, baby. Yeah, I love is, that shit. Is this like when he explains that he likes both snails and crustaceans oh, yeah. and yeah, which he's I basically think, saying I, so. I like men and women I think is yeah, the yeah. point of this yeah which is such a it's like weird I, I just forgot that like the 1960s just presented gay people as villainous like always yeah. like always like Hey, guess what? I'm also fucking gay. <laughs> like as, yeah. as they're explaining how they're villains, and I think that that's just like so. In, it's so insane to see it. Um, I don't know through a 2020 lens, right?
0: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, not into it.
1: Uh, to try and prevent. Uh, the. This... I mean, I'm not
0: into uh, the way that it's portrayed. By the way. Right.
1: But right. 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 Yeah. Very.
0: Uh, I love everybody. Everyone's great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't want
0: that to be like misinterpreted.
1: Gay people are not villains. So says no, Eric and Jeremy of Stan and Dave need wedding dates. <laughs> yep. uh, to try and prevent this, Gracchus channels as much military power as possible into the hands of his own protege, a young senator named Julius Caesar. Ah, John Gavin plays Julius Caesar. Although Caesar lacks Crassus's uh, contempt for the lower classes of Rome he mistakes the man's rigid outlook for nobility. Thus, when Gracchus reveals that he was, uh, he has bribed the Cilicians to get Spartacus out of Italy and rid Rome of the slave army, Caesar regards such tactics as beneath him and goes over to Crassus. A lot of yeah. power moves happening. And I do like the juxtaposition, though, that they do of, look look at like these powerful people. They sit sort of in their tower. They eat grapes and they wear robes and they sit in steamy baths. And all these slaves are like on the fucking, like in the snow, like on the road eating fish yeah. they caught. And, and like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me a little bit of paths of glory. Doesn't it? Like the juxtaposition between like the high officers in their fucking office and the people in the trenches. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, for sure. Uh, also, uh, you know what I noticed is, um, I noticed a lot that there's a lot of just like still shots. I don't like. I feel I could be wrong, but I feel like we don't get much camera movement in this film.
1: Yeah, I think we do get a lot of still shots, and when we do get camera movement, though, it is like. The, it's like kubrick discovers what he can do with a crane <laughs> like he's using like yeah. weird <laughs> crane shots where i'm like whoa <laughs> like suddenly all of a sudden we're really high up
0: <laughs> you know yeah i think david lynch did a little of that in dune too like he just had access to this fancy shit that he, just, he was just like oh I'll just like use this while i have it
1: yeah i wonder what would happen if i just went really high for no reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, Uh, Dude, those things
0: are, like, fucking hard to use, by the way. My friend, like, in college, we tried to use one for a video project for a short film, and uh, uh, it was crazy. We spent, like, so long, like, trying to do, like, not even that complex of a shot, where it kind of, like, went, it, like, started up, and then, like, the camera, like, swiveled to the right while we, uh, like, brought the crane down, and it looked like shit. Like, you have to have, like... (laughs) I mean this was like a cheap one too But like you gotta be like so There's like an art form to it Right Yeah.
1: Um, Oh yeah Crassus uses a bribe Of his own to make the pirates Abandon Spartacus And has the Roman army secretly force The rebels away from the coastline Towards Rome Amid panic that Spartacus means to Sack the city The senate gives Crassus absolute power now surrounded by Romans Spartacus convinces his men to die fighting just by just by rebelling and proving themselves human he says that they have struck a blow against slavery hmm. In the ensuing battle after initially breaking the ranks of Crassus's legions the slave army ends up trapped between Crassus and two other forces advancing from behind and most of them are massacred <laughs> Yeah. This is the biggest battle scene I think in the whole film and yep. it's pretty good. I will say that anytime anyone's fighting on screen it looks awful. Like it just yeah. looks like two old white people trying to choke each other which is like really awkward and stilted. This is like clearly before we let other like countries influence the way we do choreography in fight scenes and stuff like definitely before we let like, kung fu movies like oh yeah maybe we should do it like this like fast <laughs> not like super yeah. slow fighting <laughs> yeah it um, yeah
0: it's not it's not great no um, just real quick i was looking at uh some stills uh of, from the film and uh, you are right Kirk Douglas like doesn't have nipples It's like very <laughs> I weird I know
1: <laughs> yeah his chest is bare It is completely yeah. bare and flat Like a weird Ken doll Yeah, um, yeah it's It is psycho to, to, to look at Also like the, in general the Costuming is not very flattering To like the ugly male body Yeah so you get yeah. like a lot of like Panties like a lot of like men Wearing like really tight panties in it which I feel like yeah. they definitely they fix for movies like Gladiator and stuff where they're like no just like togas like give them togas they're always in togas like no one's not in a toga we're not wearing dr- like, we're not wearing like underwear right now yeah like, this is like this- they look
0: like they're wearing diapers when they're when they're doing like the one on one like fighting yes like <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yes that is so they can shit themselves freely while fighting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes so this is after like most of them are massacred which I, I think is like a- this is like. Kind of a sad right like at the end You just see all the fucking bodies Like piled up Um all over the Place Afterward, the Romans Try to locate the rebel leader for A special punishment by offering a pardon And return to enslavement If the men will identify Spartacus Living or dead mm-hmm. Every surviving man responds By shouting I'm Spartacus <laughs> yeah (laughs) and uh as a result crassus has them all sentenced to death by crucifixion along the via Appia between rome and capua yeah where the revolt began so that is the most famous scene in the whole movie eric what did you think of it
0: i really liked it i i was like i was like actually like moved by it to be honest with you i was like oh man that's like that's pretty great uh yeah. I don't know, like, it's, it's uh, I got, like, pretty invested in the story, actually, to be honest with you. Even, like, I don't know, like, I mentioned, like, Spartacus is, like, not, not, is just, like, a perfect, uh, just, like, morally perfect and stuff, and that doesn't always make for, like, an interesting character. Right. But I just liked the, more of the, like, situation I was pretty uh, invested in. Uh, rather than like his personal like tale or whatever, but uh, yeah, I liked the whole like all for one, one for all kind of thing, like yeah. sentiment there.
1: It definitely it does something to you where even if you are expecting it to happen, you're kind of like taken aback by I guess just the camaraderie of it all. Um, I'm glad this is actually in the Wikipedia. There's just like a one of the whole headlines or what I guess you know bullets of what's in the I'm like the Spartacus Wikipedia is just says I'm Spartacus, like the in quotes and explains that the, in the documentary Trumbo, which I suggest everyone go see, Mm -hmm. uh, it suggests that this scene was meant to dramatize the solidarity of those accused of being communist sympathizers during the McCarthy era who refused to implicate others and thus were blacklisted. Mm. So this is from the mouth of babes, right? This is like exactly kind of what I was talking about earlier where it, even though Kubrick is looking at it as the story, right, and he's like, "This is stupid, <laughs> like, fuck this, this is dumb," but Trumbo is looking at it at, from his po- perspective, which is as someone who's been blacklisted and he can't even put his own name on Oscar-winning films he's written, you know? Yeah. So it's like it is. It, it, it's like meaning is sort of in the eye of the beholder, I think. And uh, this is a really good example of that. Also. South Park would later go on to do the, I flooded the dam scene. Do you remember that? <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. I don't
1: It's, it's Stan, fl- uh, Stan like accidentally like breaks up uh, a dam and like water just like floods and kills a bunch of beavers, I think is like part of the story. <laughs> and, and at the end of this episode, uh, Stan, it finally admits to like, he's like, I flooded the dam. And then all the people of South Park are like, I get what the kid's trying to do. He's trying to take credit like we all flooded the dam and then the, the whole town starts going I flooded yeah. the dam I flooded the dam and then Stan's like no no, no really I flooded the dam <laughs> like <laughs> the joke being like what if Spartacus really just wanted to turn himself in and then they all just fucked it up for him <laughs> like
0: yeah yeah I do love uh when I watch like an old movie and I realize that it's a South Park episode yeah or just, a Simpsons
1: yeah. episode or yep. something like that yeah yeah. Uh, So, meanwhile, Crassus has found Varinia and Spartacus' newborn son and has taken them prisoner. He is disturbed by the idea that Spartacus can command more love and loyalty than he can and hopes to compensate by making Varinia as devoted to him as she was to her former husband. Mm -hmm. When she rejects him, he furiously seeks out Spartacus, whom he recognizes from having watched him at Batiatus School and forces him to fight Antoninus to the death. The survivor is to be crucified, along with all other men captured after the great battle. Spartacus kills Antoninus to spare him this terrible fate. The incident leaves Crassus worried about Spartacus's potential to live a legend as a martyr. In other matters, he is also worried about Caesar, whom he senses will someday eclipse him. Mm. Uh, so I think when we talk about like cutting out fat or trimming fat like I think after the big battle and the I am Spartacus moment I'm kind of done with the movie
0: <laughs> like yeah me too to be honest with you yeah. I like I'd be fine if we ended literally right after the I'm Spartacus <laughs> yeah
1: yeah this is this is also getting like convoluted and too much we're getting too much crassus at this point which I'm like yeah I don't fucking care about this guy also I think that um like it was so compelling that okay i'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here that like Crassus we are led to believe from a conversation he has with Batiatus that he cannot recognize Spartacus on his own because even though he was there the day that Spartacus fought in front of him, he's such a piece of shit and like rich fucking jerk off that he didn't even pay attention like that's sort of like what i thought was like yeah. oh he doesn't he of course he can't recognize spartacus because he is out of touch he doesn't even recognize the fucking gladiators he makes fight for him so what sucks about this is that kind of takes that away because eventually crassus ends up recognizing spartacus right but it's cooler mm. if he just never recognizes him he's unable to because he can't he, to him, Spartacus was just a slave. And so, like, Spartacus's power comes from the anonymity of being a slave. Like, the rich cannot find you. Because to, right. to them, you're just another number or whatever. So, I guess, you know, even though that idea is buried in there somewhere, they kind of do wreck it later yeah, on. It's,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a little like watered down just by like other shit. I do I do I did like watching uh Gene Simmons like uh like like watching Crassus just get frustrated with Gene Simmons like mm-hmm. not like being in love with him or whatever. Yes. Uh that was pretty satisfying. But yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh, um, Gracchus, having seen Rome fall into tyranny, commits suicide. Before doing so, he bribes his friend Batiatus to rescue Spartacus' family from Crassus and carry them away to freedom. On the way out of Rome, the group passes under Spartacus's cross. Verenia is able to confront him in his dying moments by showing him... Or comfort him, sorry, not confront. Comfort him in his <laughs> dying <laughs> moments by showing Same him thing. his little son who will grow up free... And knowing who his father was, and that's the end yeah. of Spartacus. Um, literally, Kirk Douglas becomes Jesus at the end of this film, which is <laughs> yeah. A yeah. psycho. But uh, so, Eric, what? What? Uh, give me your thoughts, my my man.
0: I like this movie a lot, to be honest with you. I think I like, feel like I should like it. it it's one of those things where, or, or that like, I shouldn't like it but I do like it. It's one of those things where like, I I said this at the top that like everything was kind of like set up for me, like not like this movie. Like it has everything that annoys me about movies, but at the same time, uh, I just found it really captivating. I actually do think the story is like pretty engaging. Uh, we get a little, it's a little much at the end there, but, uh, I dug it. I actually, uh, and I will say I don't watch movies like this very often from this era and from uh, like period pieces like this Um, usually kind of bore me, but uh, that might be part of it too where it's just something very new for me, but I loved it. And I, I would say my favorite thing about this movie is just the way that it looks um visually my favorite moments are uh like when we like when uh uh uh, Spartacus and Varinia are in like a forest there's that part where they're like laying on the grass um and we see uh that part where like Varinia is uh uh uh, like in a river or whatever it it just like Mm -hmm. looks really good the color is great it's very like green and blue and uh I I really like I like when you can see the uh you can tell they're using um forget the technical term for it but like painted backdrops. Yes. I yeah. always think those look really cool. Uh yeah, I, I I was really charmed by this movie. I liked it a lot actually. Uh what do you think about it?
1: I agree with I think everything you said. Yeah, I I also like most of what most of what you like about it. Like, I love the way the film looks. I love the way the film like uses, you know, it's set and costume and, you know, set design and sound design. And, um, it uses like it's framing as sort of a way to just like show a lot of depth and, sh- and, and, you know, like present, a lot of like great metaphor, you know, like in in each shot. I think that, um, that there is some something cool about like just this, like the Roman sets versus the outdoor mm-hmm. stuff that they had to do, or like even if it's on a sound sound stage, like it looks like it's outdoors or whatever. Um, I thought all that stuff looked great. I thought again, Kubrick just using that huge fucking lens, that wide seventy millimeter fucking huge. Like I don't know. Kubrick was, was good at making films like this. I mean, he'll, he did it already with paths of glory. He'll do it again with full metal jacket, but like, and Barry Lyndon for sure. Like where it's like, here's a, here's a widescreen full of shit going on. It's like a lot of, it's like, it's like, I don't know. He's good at it. And I don't think everybody is like, um, and you know, the performances are what they are. I think Lawrence Olivier is good. Charles Lawton is good. I think Peter Ustinov is my favorite. Kirk Douglas, I can take or leave in this movie. Yeah, He's just, like, too John Wayney or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's, it's sort of a strange, it's just a strange performance, a strange choice. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, apparently, like, Kevin Costner came on the first day of set, like, showed up with a with a british british accent and the director immediately was like you cannot do that accent like it sounds so (laughs) terrible like made him just talk normal uh because the accent was so bad and so for some reason in robin hood prince of thieves everyone else is speaking in a british accent except for robin hood he just sounds like kevin costner and that kind of reminds me of this film where like half the people have british accents the other half are just like Hello, Gracchus. You know, they're like just like straight up milk toast white American folk. It's it's Yeah. It's a very strange like old way of presenting movies like this. Anyways, it was a pleasant surprise and like I'm really glad that I watched it. It is it doesn't really rank super high in my Kubrick list even after, you know, having seen it but I think that it's like, I, again, I, I don't regret watching it and I would recommend it if, especially if you're like a Kubrick completionist and want to, want to make sure you've seen everything he's done. Um, I will say for being three and a half, almost three and a half hours, it is not, it kind of flies by. It's not, it's not super boring. Although I would have cut like an hour out of the movie. Easy. Yeah.
0: Give me a, so far, give me a rough top three of, uh, what we've watched Kubrick. Oh, of just so what far. we've seen yeah yeah
1: yeah perfect okay great i would say top uh number one Paz of glory number two the killing number three is um i guess killer's kiss oh no i guess number three is spartacus number four killer's kiss number five
0: fear and desire <laughs> uh what about you literally the exact same yeah uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah um so yeah uh the next one in two weeks we'll be talking about lolita which uh you know i got a lot to say well i read i fucking read lolita i know you episode. finished it <laughs> um i finished it we'll talk about it i can't uh, wait to
1: get into that uh hot hot movie Ooh, so uh, hot so spicy <laughs> yikes
0: yeah it's uh yeah it'll be interesting i do say i, I will say the movie looks <laughs> looks very good though. oh
1: you haven't seen uh, it yet
0: the no movie. i haven't seen it oh uh,
1: man get ready for a great uh out of this world performance by peter sellers Is co- about okay. to come up yeah so kubrick's about to work with peter sellers for two movies in a row and it's gonna fucking rule
0: but uh yeah more on that in a couple weeks yeah um
1: what's next week
0: well i will tease that like lolita like disgusts me like the story of it uh so i'm very incredibly hot and and horny uh no (laughs) not in the least okay um uh next week so we're gonna dive into twin peaks uh what we're gonna do because we are going chronologically we'll do twin peaks season one we'll do uh wild at heart and then we'll do season two uh, I think we talked about, like, bunching together some of the Twin Peaks episodes, um, and I think that's a good idea. Uh, I do think for this first one, because it is, like, basically a movie, it's, like, 90 minutes, I think we should just discuss the pilot mm-hmm. in the next episode. Okay. Does that sound does that sound reasonable to you?
1: Yeah. Do you want to do something like we discuss the pilot in the first episode and then the rest of season one and episode the next time we convene? Or the sorry, the rest of season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: something like um, that. I let me see how many episodes there are. I think there's eight episodes. Um, let's see here. How many seasons
1: are there all together, even with the new stuff? Three. Okay, so that would be we'll we'll do season one and season two. Kind of have to ha- go back to back, right? If we're doing chronology chronologically. Yeah. 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 And I just in an effort to not like make there be so many more David Lynch episodes than Kubrick ones. <laughs> yeah. I think we probably have to like coast through, but I'm totally cool with doing the pilot in as the first episode. And then the rest of season one and the rest of season two is the next two episodes with Lynch. <laughs>
0: okay, That's a long, season two, even that season is, two is 22 episodes.
1: Oh man. <laughs> but I would say though, that's still a long time to be sitting in twin peaks land. I know without moving on to, cause we then, cause keep in mind, after about four or five movies, after that we have to go back to Twin Peaks again. <laughs> so it's like, I know. Yeah. So yeah, it might. We'll 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 do our best. We'll figure it out. Um, maybe we just take a break from Kubrick altogether while we're doing Twin Peaks, and then maybe we can spread it out a little more. So it's like,
0: yeah, yeah. I do want to. Ch- I want to like cluster them up uh but i also don't want to just like breeze through there's like so much we're gonna want to talk about when we're watching these yeah Um, i mean
1: saying out loud we're gonna do 22 episodes of season two in one episode does not sound great so
0: (laughs) (laughs) no uh no so uh we'll we'll do we'll do see we'll do the pilot uh for sure next week yes um and uh that's that's gonna be a fun time uh And, uh, yeah, I, I, we haven't said this in a while, but, uh, if you don't want, like we have the Patreon, it's always there, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, always putting out some golden, uh, content for you. But, uh, you know, if you, if you like the podcast and you don't want to, uh, do the Patreon or anything, uh, everyone says this, but it truly is like a very nice, good thing to do for to shows you want to support. Uh, give us a, give us a review on uh, iTunes or wh- whatever. Uh, I always forget to mention that, but it is, uh, it's very helpful. And to be honest with you, I was looking at <laughs> some of our past <laughs> iTunes reviews and they're all like five stars, but they're from when we were a Chucky podcast. Oh, great. So Love it. like yeah. people are looking at this podcast that's like about Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch. And they're like, The reviews, like their Seed of Chucky episode, was really good.
1: Uh, (laughs) You know, so that's good um, stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, we should, we need some, we need some more, like, fresh reviews on there. So if you, um, yeah, if you jump into the show, oh my god, I'm looking at some of our reviews, and one of them is from uh, someone called Hardwick is bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that would be my. That, that would, would be, be yours. Me. Great. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, jump on there and, and write us a review, or at least like rate us. I think that that would just you know make us feel good, get us seen by more people. Like, um, yeah, that that just helps out a lot. And again, it doesn't take a lot to do. It doesn't take too much out out of your day. So I think it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, we might be asking too much, but, and if so, super sorry, but please, you know, help us out a little bit. If you like us, help us out. If you don't like us, uh, give us a one-star review and tell us to go fuck ourselves. And that's also funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. Uh, Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, with that, uh, I will say the, uh, famous sign off line, uh, which I think is in the pilot of Twin Peaks, so that'll be fun. Uh, Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Oh,
1: yeah.